You are listening to Share a Slice with Sean. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Share a Slice with Sean. This episode, I'm thrilled to have on the program Monique Dupree. And Monique, she is in film. She is a valet for wrestling over at the uh, House of Hardcore, which you can find over at Twitch. She's been in over 70 films, including a lot of trauma films with Lloyd Kaufman directing. And uh, she is the first original Black Scream Queen. She goes by the name of the true original Gata online, and she's truly original. She has. 10 kids, but with all of this, she's still able to get a whole shitload of stuff done. So uh, please join me for this great interview, and uh, let's jump right in with Monique. Just to even go through your mini-biography here on your website, I mean, you have done so much. Uh, I mean, to start out, you've been in so many different movies. Um, It says here, according to the website, you've been in 70 movies so far more or less right uh it's more like more but yes absolutely some things aren't credited and you know you know how that goes but uh but yeah i've done over 70 film and television uh projects to date the original gata i mean that's your that's really your alternate persona i mean how did you come up with that name well that's (laughs) that's <laughs> that is an involved story but the short version is that uh i've always been uh in tune with with felines uh with cats i grew up um loving cats and they seemed to love me too because they would always follow me home and i would always end up with a cat that i'm not supposed to keep or, um, you know, I had just as many cats as kids at one point, you know, but, uh, but because I used to do a lot of stuff that was like, um, it would end up in Spanish magazines. Like my, my first real, uh, horror spread was for the Spanish GQ magazine. Um, I did a film called Aurea and, Someone contacted me and told me that Oria, I believe, is a is a a little village in Spain or something like that. And so he he had called me his uh his gata, and I was like, uh, gata, and he's yeah, it's you know it's Spanish for cat, like the feline version. And um, I was like, wow. And then I just started researching it and whatnot, and it was just a name that. I really, really liked. And I had a girlfriend as well. And, you know, she liked cats. And then she started calling herself Gata. And then we had to distinguish uh, one another. So she called herself one form of Gata. And then I was the original Gata. And, you know, that's pretty much how that was born. I ended up having to trademark uh, the true original Gata because then. It, there became problems where people couldn't distinguish one from the other. So in order to keep the rights to all of my stuff to make sure that everything was protected, you know, we went ahead and trademarked uh, the name as you're supposed to do anyway. But um, 
at the time, I didn't know anything about stuff like that. But once I started dealing with, you know, managers, lawyer type deal, you know, they said, well, if you don't trademark this, you can put your comic book out. And then if something happens, you you can't use the name anymore. And, you know, so that's how that how that ended up. And people just call me Gata for short, you know, which is fine. But it's all about cats. I have cat tattoos all over my body and um, I just have a thing for uh, cats, especially black cats. Yeah, because I am myself am a black cat. <laughs> but <laughs> I was but, about um, to say, I, I really yeah. do. I I love animals as a whole, but um, I have a special love for uh, the little kitties, and so does my brother. Actually, where I first discovered you was on um, uh, Lloyd Kaufman's Instagram. Uh, Lloyd, of course, is the uh, the creator of Troma Entertainment, and uh, yeah, you were you were going to actually it was a um, a cosplay uh, situation there where you were all dressed up in this amazing getup. Yes, it was a New York New York Comic Con, and uh, <laughs> one of the days that I I dressed up to go to New York Comic Con for uh, Troma itself. He didn't even recognize me. I think it was when I did the Marie Antoinette, the undead Marie Antoinette uh, cosplay. He did not even recognize me. He, he just said, hi, how are you, young lady? You, uh, do you want to take a picture? And I said, it's me, Lloyd. Um, <laughs> he's an amazing man. And he's actually, I feel, responsible for the start of my career as a Scream Queen. If it were not for Lloyd, I don't think that I would have been able to do as much as I've done. So I always show my dedication. So anything that he ever needs me to do that I can do to lend a hand, uh, I'm there for it always. One of your first roles uh, was on the Pot Zombies, which, Pot which Zombies, is a film yes. I saw myself. That was actually one of my first films as a Scream Queen. Uh, because before Lloyd Kaufman and what have you, I had tried my hand at other movies. And my first, my first actual film was when I was 13. It was Lean On Me. Wow. But um, I just had uh, a bit part then, uh, but still, you know, and I got to meet the cast. And then I moved on to doing, you know, little parts in other films but I really had a love for horror and I'd never uh, gotten a chance to break into that genre. And he is the one that that made it possible for me to break into the genre that I loved so much and was actually a bit obsessed with, um, but had never gotten a chance or opportunity to act in one. How old were you when you started out in, uh, in Lean On Me? I was, I believe, 13. Teen, I, I think I was about 13 wow. um, when I did that film. I still needed parents' permission, so I was <laughs> pretty young. That's pretty amazing because, I mean, your parents uh, got you into this acting thing, or I guess you got into acting with your parents' permission, but, I mean, your family is just a family full of talent. Yeah, everybody does something in the entertainment industry. I thought you know, when I had 10 children, I said, somebody may end up being a doctor or a lawyer, 
you know, one of one of those types. And that still might be possible. But so far, it seems as though everyone has found a niche in the entertainment industry and it's all they really focus on. But my my family as a whole have always, uh, you know, enjoyed or been involved in entertainment, be it theater, or music or what have you. So I have a bunch of entertainers on my hand. Yeah, your brother, actually, Tony Todd, he uh, has appeared in uh, Platoon, Star Trek, Riverdale just recently. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got like, you've got him. And, and then, I mean, you're, do, were your parents in uh, in acting as well? Did, did, does no. it go back far, far? No, it it no. really, it really has started with us, more or less, especially with Tony. I would say that he's, I mean, he's the theater He's the one that's always uh, had the love for theater. I mean, he loves the arts as a whole, but theater is his first love. Whereas I've done theater, but film is my first love. I, I just, I love being on film. So it's, we have two different um, spectrums of, of entertainment, but at the same time, we're, we're both entertainers and I always say he's the famous brother and I'm the independent actress and I actually don't even mean that in any uh negative kind of way I love where I am and I love what I do and I especially love that I've been able to get into wrestling and really broaden my horizons anything that I decide that I want to try uh I'm never afraid to just go and and jump into it but it's also been because of the the encouragement and the learning from my brother in order for me to be able to you know figure out how I would venture into these things you know he's very supportive so well we support one another and people see that we talk all the time on twitter it's hard because we don't get to see each other physically a lot so we talk to each other via Twitter most of the times, even though we could just text one another, we still do it via Twitter, which is pretty funny. But you have to you have to support, especially in business like this. Um, it's so cutthroat and you need family. So I'm happy to have him. As you mentioned, you've got 10 kids. Maybe that wasn't so unusual like 100 years ago, but man. These days, like ten kids, uh, I don't even know how. You, how do you balance off being an actor and, I mean, a wrestler and just, I mean, everything else you do? You do all these comic cons. You guys have a, a comic book going on. How do you do it? I really don't know, and that's always that's always my honest answer. I will go back to family and in that having a support system is important and oddly enough you know my support system has been my children for the most part me my husband my children but my as far as you know me being able to go out and do a lot of these things you know my kids actually sat down and talked to me when i was thinking about quitting so that i can spend most of my time at home so that i didn't miss anything and they're the ones that encourage me to get out there and continue to build on to what it is that I love so much. So I feel like they made that ultimate sacrifice. I don't even know what 
I don't even think they understood the sacrifices that they were making, but all they saw was um, their mother had a passion for something and she was going to stop. And their love of me, you know, motivated them and pushed them to say, hey, mom, you need to keep doing this. So I think if it were not for them, I wouldn't be doing this now because they help with everything. They're my they're my street team. They're my team. They help me with everything. They help me at conventions. They help me in wrestling. They help me everywhere. So they are my biggest supporters and reasons why I can still do this. That's so amazing. I mean, yeah, I guess, it, you know, it makes sense logically, but these days um, it's so difficult sometimes to, you know, interact with family or, or have, you know, just that kind of support network. So that, that, I mean, that's pretty inspirational. That's a really amazing. Well, actually let's go back a bit. I mean, to, uh, to your, your early career, cause that's kind of really interesting to me. So you started out with lean on me, you, you have pot zombies and that was kind of an, it was kind of another bit part, I think, because I, I think I only saw you sitting at us in a classroom, like in, at a desk. I did yeah. have a bit part. I also did the intro to pot zombies which when they first released pot zombies there wasn't an intro and they re when they re-released it they had um lloyd kaufman and myself and a another young lady do an intro and i think that was when he really started doing intros to most of his movies where he'll yeah. you know say something about the movie or what have you so i was also in the intro to it but for some reason just my name got big enough where when you would see the movie on cable, it would only have my name there, but it wasn't the right cut. It wasn't the cut with the intro in it. It was the other <laughs> cut. And then people were like, I waited through that whole movie just to see you. And I didn't even see you. And I felt so bad because there are two different versions of it. And I was only in one version. I mean, later on, uh, you did a bachelor party in the bungalow of the damned and yes. that one i guess you had much more of a prominent part but that the part i mean when you read it on paper i haven't seen the movie yet but whenever you read it on paper it looks absolutely like like uh over the top you're some kind of a vampire yes i was actually a a vampire posing as a stripper and uh it was a more substantial part i had a, a supporting character the funny thing is that when when I first got cast for that and I don't ever advise this for anybody but I actually <laughs> got that role through Craigslist believe it or not That's the so only role I <laughs> the only role <laughs> I lucked out because that was that was a, one of the first times I looked and that was the last time I looked because you know it could have been a serial killer I mean it could have been a real life horror movie but I saw that they said that a last minute actress dropped out and that they were filming a movie in the Hamptons and that you had to have, you know, a few weeks to dedicate to this. So I said, huh, I'll give it a try. It doesn't hurt to talk to somebody on the telephone, you know, and then I can bring my husband if they decide they want to interview me or whatever. And that's how I got cast for that role. And it's one of like my little cult classic roles that a lot of people know me for is that movie because my boobs had teeth 
And um, <laughs> I mean, that was that was the most outstanding part. And it took about 10 hours of makeup from Wicked Effects uh, did my my makeup work. And it was 10 hours in the makeup chair to get that latex uh, applied to my face, my neck and chest area. So it was a, a heck of a thing, but that's when I discovered my love for makeup effects. If I have the opportunity ever to continue to sit in the chair for extensive makeup, it's something that I really love to do because um, it helps me with transformation. I I really enjoy that. I'm very patient with that. And I know that that's something that a lot of people I was told are not as patient with, but, um, that movie taught me a whole lot because that was my first real supporting role. And from there I went on to doing other things. Of course, I started becoming the bad guy in almost everything I did, whether it was a small part or a large part, I'm always the heel as they would say in wrestling you do the valet thing or you did the valet thing. And, and just for listeners who are not into wrestling, my understanding of valet is that you're just sort of the, I guess you're just like a sort of a secondary character on the, on the uh, rink as well, on the ring as well, while the, the wrestlers wrestle. Is that true? Or do you, did you do like pro wrestling too? Well, I valet slash manage. So to be a good valet, and or manager, you have to be able to take some bumps. You have to be able mm-hmm. to get involved. You can't just stand there or you shouldn't rather. Um, so we do get physical. Um, as a matter of fact, we just I mean, I still I still uh, wrestle now. You can actually see us on Twitch because we just got a deal. House of Hardcore just right. got a deal with Twitch. And we just did uh, our first live Twitch show in Philly uh, at the old ECW arena. Anybody who's a wrestling fan and watch ECW and Tommy Dreamer and Sandman and, you know, Guido, they know that that's where uh, ECW was at the old arena in Philly. So we were just there. And um, it's always something uh, physical that you have to do. You play just as important a character as the wrestlers themselves because, you know, we all tie in together. So if you don't do your part, it makes them look bad and vice versa. So we are, you know, it's just as important for us to do what we what we do. But um, I've taken some bumps and um, <laughs> I've I've gotten Pile drive to anybody that knows wrestling uh, knows what that is. So it's uh, it's it's demanding for myself as well. And then you have to stay in shape, which is why um, I lost weight so that I can, you know, look the part. But I actually come out with my daughter and we come out together as the double D Dupree's. <laughs> so. It's pretty it's pretty interesting. I believe that we are the first mother daughter team that I know of um in wrestling. It's spe- definitely the first black uh mother daughter team uh in wrestling, but we work exclusively for House of Hardcore. Um I prefer it that way. I do go to various shows with Tommy Dreamer. 
um, to the other shows that he goes to. And um, I do a little bit of everything with wrestling. But yeah, that's been taking off. So for anybody that wanted to see what I do as far as wrestling, you can go to twitch.tv backslash House of Hardcore and you'll see um, a lot of the stuff and we're in the clips and we were just on ESPN. So it's a pretty good deal. That's like, yeah, I mean, when I look at your entire career so far, the, I, I can't decide whether it's more like badass or just kick ass. Like, it's just, <laughs> I, I'm like, holy crap, man, this is badass. Like, just, uh, uh, I see pictures of you with, uh, you know, uh, crazy cutting chainsaw machines or, you you know, you got blood all over yourself because you're in these, uh, in all these, uh, horror films and uh you know some of it's fetishy some of it's just kind of gross and you know it's just <laughs> what, whatever i dig any further you got your own like uh you know kind of hardcore rock band I, I don't know if you've done much recently with that but it's a negro child with an e on the end of it and you get you yes. did like all kinds of like amazing hard hard stuff there too i mean yeah. wow it, it's just and, and that's exactly why like i'm like jesus this woman's doing everything i'm i'm trying i've i figure i know you know a lot of people you know you have one talent or you have a talent and you try to cultivate that and i i enjoy the stuff that i enjoy but the thing is that i have i love a lot of everything. So I try to do, I try to cover everything that I enjoy and everything that I love. And, you know, these are the things that I enjoy. So I try to make sure that I'm doing all of them at the same time, you know, as I can, like I, I am a singer and I haven't been able to do it in a while. So, um, you know, I went to my husband and I said, you know, I really want to put out, uh, a rap album because I sing and do spoken word, but I feel like I can do the spoken word as, you know, a more of a rap style. So now we're working on that album and then we'll just have the band doing music behind it so that I can incorporate the band as well. So when I when it's something that I really want to do and the mood strikes me to do it, I try to I try to jump on it because you only have this one life and I don't want to have regrets. So when there's things that I really want to do, I just push on and do it. Uh, I recently saw the first part in uh, the the uh, class of uh, Newcomb High, uh, the return <laughs> to Newcomb High there. And uh, yeah. unfortunately, I haven't been able to lay my hands on the, the second one yet. Um, I... I subscribed to Troma now, hoping I could get it get it before this interview, but it doesn't seem to be there yet. So I guess it's going around the the theaters first. Yes, it's going to theaters in the circuit, and it was at uh, Cannes Film Festival, mm -hmm. and uh, I saw it. I've I've seen it twice now, only at various uh, conventions and. Uh, it's been at film festivals. I think it's in New York right now playing in New York. So, uh, that you, there's no actual way of missing me in that movie. <laughs> that is uh, yeah. that I can clearly and plainly say that you will not go. Where was she? I missed her at all. Yeah. <laughs> 
I saw the the you know the not safe for work uh, preview uh, on, on I think it was the trailer, and I think I might have seen you in the shower and you were like holding a yes. cell phone or something. Yes. And you know, people in the shower generally don't wear anything, so you were just completely buff naked, nude, completely nude, completely. Yeah. It's it, and I've never I've never done a film like that before. But if I were going to do it, it was going to be for Lloyd. And uh, when he first asked me, um, you know, if I wanted to be in it, it started out as a joke. And I was like, I'd love to be in, you know, Return to Newcomb High. And it's like, let's make that happen. That was via Twitter. And um, then somebody contacted me and said, you know, Lloyd wanted to you know if you were serious about it. Did you want to be in this movie? And I was like, of course I do. And they were like, all right, great. Well, we'll send you your character. And I was like, all right, cool. So I get the script and I start reading it. And I'm asking about wardrobe because even though it said like, you know, interior, shower, it doesn't mean that automatically naked. So I'm like, well, what do I need? What, what's my wardrobe? And he said, well, just bring a towel. And I said, okay, well, that's, that sounds pretty odd. And I was like, um, so what am I wearing? And they said, oh, nothing, but you're going to get a lot of blood on you and other gook. So you're going to need a towel. Um, and that's about it. And I was like, oh, my God, what did I just agree to? I cannot believe I agreed to be completely naked without knowing that I was agreeing to it. So I freaked out for a while because, you know, woman and I'm older and I'm just like, I don't how do I do this? But I just went and I treated it like, you know, what it was. It was it was uh, something that was fun. I'm an actress. I performed. So uh, and Lloyd was just like, you were so hilarious, you know, in this movie. You're so funny. And I, I'm glad that you were a part of it. But I did not know that I was going to be nude at all. You know the two seconds of of the your performance that I saw at least that uh, you look you look great and uh, I mean, it it looked absolutely hilarious. So I can't I can't wait to see it. It looks like he's got absolutely everything in it. So uh, I mean I'm looking forward to seeing it. And uh, I mean uh, I I mean I wouldn't worry. You look great. Well, thank you. I mean I did look at it and I stopped. You know it it comes there comes a time where we have to stop especially us as women. And I, I'm trying to do it a lot less because I have girls to stop nitpicking about little things with your body. We have to learn right. more to just embrace who we are as we are. You know, nobody is perfect. And I know people pay a lot of money to cultivate these, what are, what are supposed to be seen as perfect bodies. But um, I'm just trying to love to own who I am how I am. So that was around the time that I really started doing that. Like, you know what? It doesn't matter. I mean, there's people in that movie that, I mean, they made the movie so funny and they just owned who they were. And I said, that's, that's what I need to do, especially when you're doing something that's a comedy. You can't take yourself seriously with almost anything when you're doing that. So I just said, ah, screw it. I'm just going to do this and I'm going to have fun. And that's what I did. I didn't worry about anything at all, uh, but making sure that I was doing what I was supposed to do, my job. 
what what do you enjoy doing during your downtime? I mean, do you do you have any downtime to sort of chill out and do something <laughs> as a hobby? Mm, well, not really. Uh, <laughs> I will say that what what truly calms me is uh, working out, mm-hmm. and since uh, that was how I started becoming fit again, but uh, I would. I loved working out, but my problem is that I would like doing it at night. I'm not a a morning person or daytime or, you know, so I had to end up, I ended up building a gym at home so that when I needed to work out, whenever I needed to work out, I can just go to my gym and work out and have all the essentials that I need. And so a lot of the times the kids will know when I'm upset or something is bothering me because I'll put my earbuds in and then I'll go downstairs and I'll start working out and they're like, "Uh Oh, mommy's upset. So, uh, (laughs) that's, it relaxes. It actually relaxes me, even though it's something where I'm, I'm, you know, taking physical effort, but it's also something that relaxes me that in the, in the end keeps me fit as well. Um, the other thing I love to do is I love to play silly little games with my kids. Like we like to jump on a trampoline uh, together or, you know, we'll go to the zoo or the aquarium or, you know, I like watching movies with them. My little kids love horror films, so they like to watch scary movies with me, get popcorn and uh, watch uh, I I make the time for stuff like that because it's important to to do that. But um, I have to do all of that in between their classes because they take like gymnastics and basketball and you know all of these other things. So it's it it is hectic and <laughs> sometimes it's just so much. But you know you just take it day by day and you do what you can in a day. And the stuff that you can't do, you know what? You got to go. You If you're blessed enough to have tomorrow, then you start all over again. That's how I try to look at it. So uh, this is going to be probably the hardest question of the interview. Well, maybe we'll see. So at the end of the interview, I often like to ask, you know, if there if there's something that you've learned, like there's, there's something important lesson that you've learned throughout your your journey up to this point. And I mean, um, honestly, uh, <laughs> you've packed a lot of journey in just uh, just a, a few years there. Uh, is, is there any kind of take home or an, any kind of thing that, you know, strikes you as being an important uh, lesson that you would have learned during all that time? Uh, yes. Actually, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I've learned. I've learned quite a bit. But um, I have learned throughout this journey that uh, a lot of the times, especially in the entertainment business, I know as it applies to life in general, but in the entertainment industry, a lot of the times you will think that people are your friends because they're nice to you. I've learned the hard way that... um a lot of the times the people that smile in your face are usually the ones that's doing you harm. So I've actually learned to be able to 
accept change, if you will. Like when you when you're in this business, you you work with somebody, and I feel like you you know you move on because when you try to hold on to something, you just never know. You never know what's gonna happen, and I'm. It sounds, I'm trying not to make it sound so, so callous. I'm trying to find a way to uh, express it correctly. Throughout my journey in all of the years of entertainment, uh, I think I've found one or two people that I've genuinely been able to walk with uh, in this entertainment industry. And I'm very, very grateful for that. You have to treat it like life when, you know, my grandmother told me that if you have one friend in your life, then you're blessed. Because when you walk around saying you have a group of friends, that is not true. You have to, have to, have to remember that. You know, you also have to remember that uh, rejection is is a part of this and it used to make me weaker. I didn't want to do it anymore because all I got was no, no, I'm sorry. You don't fit the bill. You're too skinny. You're too dark. You know, you're, you know, I've gotten a lot of, uh, racism and things of that nature. These, these things made me stronger as opposed to making me weaker. When I first started out, I thought it was a negative, but now it's fuel for me to actually keep pushing forward because I'm a person that doesn't like to accept no. If you tell me no, then I'm going to make it a way to make it a yes. So um, I've learned a few things, obviously, but the the friendship thing is one of the most important things because I've lost a lot of people that I thought were my friends who ended up really, truly uh, hurting me. But it's because I I was so open and caring and giving it, 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 instead of just working and moving forward from that. I don't know if if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, I, I think I do. I was I was being too needy with with that. I take these jobs and I work, and it's it's great. I communicate with people. I have fun. And then I move forward because when you get caught up, sometimes is when you get caught up. I mean, you look at the tabloids now and see how people just get caught up in in stuff. I don't want to get caught up in anybody's mess, so I stay to myself. I guess that's what I'm saying. In the in the in general, just stay to yourself. Focus on your craft. Focus on what you love, not on the people, on what it is that you love. And that's the mistake that I made. I focused on the people and not what it was that I loved. And once I altered that, I started, um, I started becoming more successful. That's great. So your website is moniquedupree.com. Uh, that's D-U-P-R-E-E, Dupree rather. And uh, Monique, uh, thanks so, so much for being on the program. Thank you. I appreciate it. So that's about it for this episode. I'd really like to thank Monique for being on the program. I'd like you to go over to her website, moniquedupree.com. There'll be a link with the show notes, and there'll be a link to her Instagram and Facebook and Twitter there as well. And uh, 
listen, while you're at it, um, check out her wrestling series over at Twitch, where she was a valet for the House of Hardcore. Um, That's truly interesting as well. Um, I'd like to thank the Fantastic Plastics for providing the theme music at the beginning of this show. And uh, I'd also like to encourage you to visit the website, shareaslicepodcast.com. There you can subscribe to previous episodes and you can read the show notes and do all the usual kind of stuff. You can even um, leave some reviews as well. Um, If you are with Apple Podcasts, go ahead and do that. That helps a whole lot. We also have a Instagram page that I actually just started up and there's a lot of um, interesting kind of short snippets of previous episodes there and current episodes as well. So uh, feel free to join that. And uh, yeah, so otherwise, thanks for listening and uh, hope you'll be back next time.